have another note card. We're doing some, a lot of writing today. And we are going to take an audit of our habits. Okay, we're talking about habits today. So we're going to take an audit of our habits. I got a series of questions. And you, to the best of your ability, are going to just write down answers to those questions. Uh, once again, you're not sharing this with anyone. So be as honest as, as you can. Um, so also just do like bullets, one or two words. Don't write paragraphs. You won't be able to keep up. All right. So again, not sharing this with anyone, but it's important that you're just, yeah, just honest uh, with yourself as you do this habit audit. Okay. All right. So, so I'm going to have you think through your day. Okay, just a typical day in your life. And question number one, what is typically the first thing that you do when you wake up in the morning? What do you touch? What do you see? Information, what kind of information do you take in first thing in the morning? Question number two, if you take intentional pauses throughout your day, what do you do during those? These are intentional pauses, moments in your day where you, you specifically stop. What do you do during those times, if you have those times? Question number three, okay. When you have unintentional pauses in your day, okay, unplanned pauses, what do you do during those? Okay, you're waiting in the waiting room at a doctor's office. You're um, waiting for your food in the microwave. You're waiting to pick up your kids from school. What do you do during those unintentional pauses? Okay, number four, at the end of the day, what's the last thing you do before you fall asleep? What do you touch? What do you look at? What information do you take in? How are we doing so far? Good? Okay. Almost uh, halfway done. Uh, number five, what is something that you need to make it through your day? What is something that you need to make it through your day? You can get more than one answer, too. You know, it's whatever you want. Question number six. Does any day of your week regularly look different from the rest? Does any day of your week regularly look different from the rest? Maybe you're off work. You don't have plans or much on your schedule. If you have a day like this in your week, what makes it different? What makes that day different? What do you do on those, those days? Next question, do you have any planned and regular rhythms with other people throughout your day or week? Okay, with family, with friends, 
with neighbors, maybe a mentor or a mentee. Um, you might have many. Just list some of those. What are some of your daily rhythms with other people, some of your weekly rhythms with other people? Okay, two more questions. What do you tend to do or where do you tend to go during times of mourning, okay, low points in your life? What do you tend to do? Where do you tend to go in times of mourning? And that can include times of stress or, or whatever, you know, anxiety, just low, low points in your life. Finally, last question, what do you tend to do or where do you tend to go during times of celebration? Okay, high points in your life. All right, you can put that aside. Maybe we'll come back to it later. But how, how did we do? Were we able to answer those questions? Do you feel great about yourself? Okay. Well, throughout history, uh, humans be have been fascinated with habits, and specifically how we are shaped by our habits. From the philosophers and the theologians of thousands of years ago to the sociologists and psychologists and neurologists of today, tons of time and thought and research has been put into habits and how they form the, the type of people we become. Neurologists have discovered in the last, I think it was maybe almost 100 years ago that they started talking about this, but they have discovered that you can actually rewire the neurons in your brain, literally alter the physical structure of your brain through habits. This is called neuroplasticity, okay? and you can, if you want, can read all about it, um, but but it's it's wild. I mean, this thing like we don't we don't know we're doing it, but we can actually change our brains through the things that we do regularly, our habits. Will Durant, uh, a philosopher from the early 1900s, you can put this up on the screen. He wrote, "We are what we repeatedly do. Therefore, excellence is not an act, but a habit." We understand this when it comes to things like sports or music or art, okay, you don't just walk onto a basketball court and pick up a basketball and become an excellent shooter. You don't just pick up a guitar here and, and all of a sudden play beautiful music. Okay, those types of things, to become excellent at those types of things, takes years and years of practices and habits that form you into what you aim to become. And if any of you have attempted to become an excellent athlete or an excellent musician or an excellent artist, you know that it takes a lot of intentionality and discipline. Okay? It doesn't just happen. So we understand this with some things, but do we approach other things in the same way? Do we uh, implement and commit to intentional habits that make us better parents or better friends or better spouses or better neighbors? Do we do we develop habits that make us more patient, more loving, 
more present and aware? Do we structure our lives around habits that make us more like Jesus? Here's the unfortunate reality about habits. If intentional habits have the power to form you into who you desire to be, then the reverse is also true. Unintentional habits have the power to form you into someone you never intended to be. In other words, everyone is becoming somebody. Everyone is becoming somebody. And your habits, intentional or unintentional, play a big part in shaping who you become. So the question that I believe Jesus wants us to ask tonight is, who am I becoming? Okay, who am I becoming? Our scripture for tonight um, is very short. It's Matthew chapter 5, verse 48. Uh, let me pray for us, and then we'll, we'll read that together. It's up on the screen. Father, uh, we ask you to meet us here right now, God. I want to just pause and recognize that this is going to be difficult for many of us. But I know that you want to do something special in each one of us. You're going to do something different in each one of us. So I pray for openness. And I pray for willingness. And I pray that, that we are ready for whatever you have for us. So please speak through these words of Jesus as I read them. And uh, may they shape who we are and who we become. In Jesus' name, amen. So Matthew chapter 5, verse 48. This is the last verse in, uh, in Matthew chapter 5. It says, Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Be perfect, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Is perfect. In our last all-family gathering, I made the claim, we read this in the last all-family gathering, I made the claim that, that this command that Jesus gives here is the climax to his Sermon on the Mount. It's a sermon that spans chapter 5, Matthew chapter 5, through Matthew chapter 7, and, and this right here is the climax. Okay, It comes immediately after Jesus gives six examples of what it looks like to live with a heart that reflects God's heart. These are the you have heard it said, but I say to you statements. Okay, so, so I'll just go through them. Jesus says, you, you have heard it said, do not murder, but, but if, if you truly want to be my kingdom people who reflect God's heart to the world, then do not let anger dwell within you. Okay, I'm paraphrasing here, but that's, that's what Jesus said. He said, you have heard it said, do not commit adultery, but if you truly want to be my kingdom people, do not look at another person and, and use their image to satisfy your own sexual desire. You have heard it said, uh, when you make an oath, keep it. But I say to you, don't make oaths at all. In other words, present yourselves to others in honest and authentic ways rather than manipulating and twisting people's understanding of, of who you are and your word. That's what Jesus is getting at there. You have heard it said, eye for an eye and, and a tooth for a tooth. In other words, like let the punishment fit the crime. But you reflect God's heart best when you do not retaliate towards people who wrong you or people that harm you. 
And then Jesus's most radical statement that we talked about a couple weeks ago. You have heard it said to love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, show sacrificial, radical love to those who hate you. Show love to your enemy. So I don't know about you, but I think most of us, we read these words of Jesus and we're left with the question, how? How could any of us become the type of person that Jesus is calling us to be? And then to sum it all up, he, he gives us this command. Be perfect like God is perfect. Well, we need to, we need to understand this, okay, to really understand what Jesus is, is getting at here. Uh, again, this is the climax of the Sermon on the Mount. So if we don't have a good understanding of this, it's going to be hard for us to understand what Jesus is doing in the Sermon on the Mount. So just briefly, the Greek word translated as perfect here is the word teleos, okay, teleos. And that's an adjective, okay? Nicole and I were talking um, uh, yesterday, I think. Uh, we, we forget what an adjective is. An adjective is a descriptor word that describes a noun, a person, place, or thing, okay? An adjective. Okay, so teleos is that word, the Greek word behind the word perfect. Now, the noun version of this word, the noun form of this word is the word telos, okay, telos, and telos means end, okay, goal, or destination. That's what telos means, end, goal, or destination. So, so think about this. If you are reading a book, I know we all read all the time. You're reading a book. You come to the end of the book. The book's telos, right? You reach the end. Would you say that you've perfected the book? Would you say that you've made the book perfect? No, right? Maybe you're, maybe spring break's next week. Maybe you go on a road trip and you reach the destination of the road trip. You reach its telos. Would you say that you've perfected the trip, that the trip was perfect? Maybe it was. Probably not. Uh, there's a lot of buildings going up around town. We assume one day they'll be done with them. Okay? And they, the building reaches its final state, okay? its telos. Would you say that the building's been perfected? No. Right? That's not the word we use. Okay, last one here, just so we get the picture. If you plant a tree in your yard, you plant a tree, an apple tree or something, three years later, you get just an abundant harvest, bunch of food. The tree has reached its goal, its intended purpose for its planting. Would you say that the tree has, has been perfected or made perfect? Probably not the word you'd use, right? So unfortunately... Our English word perfect in this verse simply just doesn't really capture what Jesus is trying to say here. And, and for the most part, trust your English translations. Uh, this one, I don't know why. I think the ball was dropped. Okay, what Jesus is really trying to get at here, he, he's talking about, he's, he's saying be complete. Okay, be whole. Be fulfilled. Like that's a little bit more of what Jesus is trying to say with this word teleos. Eugene Peterson, and this can be up on the screen, he translates, he's, he translated the message version of the Bible, um, helpful in, in a lot of cases. He says, this is his translation of Matthew 5, 48. He says, in a word, what I am saying is grow up, okay, be mature. 
You are kingdom people. Now live like it. Live out your God-created identity. Live generously and graciously towards others the way God lives towards you. And my favorite way of understanding these words of Jesus is become who you were made to be. Become who you were made to be. That's what I think Jesus is really trying to say here. Reach your telos. Jesus is calling us to nothing less than that. He is calling us to live out our full identity as image bearers of God, to fully reflect God's heart to the world. That's what Jesus is saying here. Dallas Willard writes, and and again, this will be up on the screen. He writes, genuine transformation of the whole person into the goodness and power seen in Jesus and his father remains the necessary goal or telos of human life. Genuine transformation of the whole person into the goodness and power seen in Jesus remains our goal. Everyone has a telos. Everyone is becoming somebody. The question is, who are we becoming? Are we becoming who God made us to be, or are we becoming something else? And this brings us back to our habits. Okay, so you can pull out that that note card if you'd like. We are all becoming somebody. Okay, there's no escaping that. You don't stay where you are. You're becoming somebody. We all have a telos that we are moving towards, and one of the biggest factors that shape who we are becoming is our habits. And, and I'm not just saying this because that's what the, the neurologists and all that say. Jesus actually understood this. Before all the studies were done and, and the research that showed this to be true, Jesus understood it. And that's why if you were to read on in, into Matthew 6, which we'll be talking about for the next couple of months, you would see that Jesus follows this up by giving, uh, if we can put the verse back up, uh, he follows it up by giving um, a, a series of, of habits, a series of practices that he expects his followers to engage in. Okay, so he says to, to be complete, to become who you were made to be, and then the question is, how do we do that? Well, here are some habits that you are to engage in. And we're going to explore those, um, each of those, those habits that Jesus gives in the next three all-family gatherings. But before we dive into those, I really want us to just take some time right here. And, and understand the power that habits have over who we become. And, and unfortunately for many of us, our unintentional habits are making us into someone that we never intended to be. They're making us into someone that we never intend to be, something that we don't want to be, and something that misses the telos that Jesus is calling us to. Our intentional habits are making us anxious, distracted, hurried, absent, impatient, irritable, fearful, unloving, and and we could go on and on, right? That's what our habits are doing to us. So look at your audit and, and just ask yourself, who am I becoming? Are my habits making me more like Jesus or are they making me less like Jesus? Are my habits forming me into a better reflection of God's image or a worse? And honestly, there are, there are no neutral answers, okay? There's no neutral answers here. The science is in. Our habits change us. For better or for worse, your habits form who you become. So what are your habits doing to you? Who are you becoming?
And let's be honest, okay? For many of us, the issue is right here, okay? It's sitting on the table in front of us. It's in our pockets. It might be in your hand. It's in my hand, okay? If this didn't show up in your audit, okay, then you're a rare person, <laughs> a rare individual if it did not show up in your audit. Or if you answered something like, the first thing I do in the morning is breathe, okay? Yeah, then that might have, then might have not shown up. But this, this, for most Americans, this is the first thing that you touch in the morning, the first thing you look at. For most of us, this is the last thing we touch and last thing we look at before we go to sleep. It's the first thing we pick up whenever we have a pause throughout our day. Okay, the, the average iPhone user touches their phone 2,600 times per day. Okay, it doesn't necessarily turn on and look at it, but touches, touches it. 2,000, I don't know how they got that number, but I saw it in a lot of places. 2,600 times per day. If you sleep for eight hours a day, which most of us don't, right? That's once every 20 seconds. So maybe, I mean, I don't know. Think about it. Uh, see how much you touch your phone, okay? Now, you can look on your phone how much you, you look at it and all that if you want. It's, it's all there. But um, for many of us, uh, for most Americans, I think the average American, we look at a screen, whether it's our iPhone, our computer, or TV, for seven hours a day. It's the average American looks at a screen for seven hours a day. 30% of your life looking at a screen. Okay, for most of us, more than we sleep. I know it's more than I sleep. Looking at a screen. And you can do, do your own research on this, but, but our habits around technology, and particularly our phones, is literally killing us. We have no idea what's, what, what this is going to do to us in the long run because, I don't know, this only showed up in 2007, right? We have no idea, but, but so far it's not looking good. At, at best, it's certainly making us into someone that none of us want to be. And if we're going to become the people that God made us to be and the type of kingdom people that Jesus is inviting us to be, then we need to get a handle on this, okay? We just do. And you might have some other things on there that you got to work on, but I think for a lot of us, it comes down to, to this. So, so in the coming weeks, we're going to talk about the habits that Jesus is inviting us into. We're going to talk about fasting, we're going to talk about prayer, we're going to talk about generosity, and there's so many other wonderful practices that we can implement in, in our lives. But, but I wanted us to first understand that if we don't make space for those by dealing with some of our unintentional habits, we're going to have a very hard time putting them into practice. It's going to be this constant battle between those unintentional habits and what they're doing to us and then these other things we're trying to, trying to allow to shape and form us. So I don't know what this looks like for you. Uh, maybe it's creating some, some boundaries at home with your family around technology and when you have your phone on you, when you don't. Maybe it means shutting your phone off for a period of time, a couple hours before you go to bed. Don't turn it on a couple hours after you wake up. I don't know. All right, it's different for everyone. Um, maybe it means turning your smartphone into a dumb phone, okay? Taking off all the apps and, and the, the internet and, and all these things. And, you know, I, I did 
I'm not an expert at this. I I struggle. Like, I I would be embarrassed to show you what my screen time was on this thing. And so I just got to the point where where I did that. I did that about six months ago. And and I'll tell you what, it was a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. There's some inconvenient moments. I can't open up links when you send them to me, so don't text me links. Okay? Email me. Um, So that's obnoxious, but I feel a lot better. I feel a lot freer. I feel a lot more present. Okay? And I got a lot to work on, so I'm not not the model to follow here, but I'm sharing with you that because I, I want you to know that this might sound impossible and might sound unnecessary, but... If you try it, I think you'll find it's very possible and it's very necessary and you'll love the person that you become. And I think you'll look a lot more like what Jesus is calling us to be because of it. So if you would, you can stand with me. We're going to uh, spend some time worshiping. So we're going to worship together. Uh, They're going to lead us in a song and You know, if you need to, if you need to sit, if you need to move around, whatever you need to do, if you need to not sing and just listen, like that's okay. Uh, Whatever you need to do to just just think about what Jesus is calling you to and and maybe write something down and and I encourage you to respond to it. We never want to leave this space and not have something that we've been invited into personally and, and I can't tell you what that is. So so I encourage you um, to, to just take that time. Uh, during the second song, I'll come up, I'll invite us to the table and we can take communion together. But for now, just, just worship God and listen, listen for his voice.